everything set. I think yes. we're ready to go. I'm so excited to go on the safari adventure. Me too. I can't wait to see who we're going to see, yes. the animals. It's going to be amazing. Yes. All right, you ready to go? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Let's go. Wait, what are you doing? Can I drive, please? Drive? You don't even have a license, Mariah. I know, but like, there's nothing to hit over here. Like, it's, it's okay. Nothing to hit? An elephant? That'd be all right, please. Only if you go slow. Okay, I promise. Like really yes, slow. Yes, yes, like a turtle. Probably. Okay, all right, let's get it. Okay. All right. Okay. okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Check your mirrors. Okay. Seat belts. Okay. Did you check the rear view mirror? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. okay, wait, wait. Do you know what's what down there? Um, the the fat one is the. The gaps, right? No. The oh. fat one is the brake. The skinny one is the pedal. God, I know that. Okay, I got this. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. Let's pray. Father, give us your mercies, please. Okay. Okay. Yes, okay. All right, go. slowly. You ready? Okay, okay. you have to Donald turn has... the key in the ignition. Oh, okay, right? Look to see where we're going to go out. Okay. There's okay. nothing here. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. Okay, one. to VBS 2019. All right. 
We are excited because not only does July mark the time when we usually do Vacation Bible School, our VBS, but July is also our anniversary month. We have been here at TSF for 14 years. I I don't know if I'm nervous, but I can't get, oh, there we go. (laughs) So we've been here 14 years and all week, give me a second, all week, your children are going to go on an amazing journey of God's goodness. But it's not just that God is good, but that he's good and present when life is scary, when life is sad, when life changes, when life is unfair, and even when life is good. We serve a God that still is good. And you might ask, why do we have to teach our children these things? They know God is good. Well, we have to teach them because suicide is still the second cause of death for people ages 10 to 24. We have to teach them because we're still dealing in a world where there's suicide, where there's oppression, where there's racism, where there's sickness, where there's disease, where there's so many things that we need to know that there's a savior that can break through all of that, right? And I don't know, honestly, it doesn't surprise me that that statistic is so high um, because I don't know how people who don't know Jesus do it. Honestly, because I, as a Christian, when I made that decision that, Lord, you are going to be my savior, I know that then I knew that there was a God that gave hope, that gave life, that gave provision, that keeps me going because my safety is in him. So, you know, life does get wild, but as a Christian, it's the Holy Spirit that reminds you, that sustains you and tells you that God is good. And the only way that you can have that reminding is through your faith. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith is the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And I love that chapter. And every time I need a little bit of encouragement, I read it and I I get excited when I hear about Sarah and Moses and Abraham and all the great things. But something happened to me this time. As I began to read it, I saw faces, faces of people here in this very church who are living it and breathing it right now. So today I asked them to help me. In a sermon I've titled, Life is Wild, But God is Good. And instead of referring them to the people in Hebrews chapter 11, I've decided to call them the people of TSF chapter 14. All right. On day one, your children will learn that when life is unfair, God is good. They learn it through the story of Moses, how Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house, but raised and placed by God to save his people, the Israelites, out of captivity. So on day one, the children are slaves and they're making bricks and they're working hard. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. 
It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going. Why? Because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. Renette, will you come and share your story? And I got to tell you, these brave women who are joining me today, they're not the women that you'll typically see up here. But the word says that they overcame by the word of their testimony. Good morning, church. So for those of you that don't know me, um, I currently work at one of the largest financial institutions in the world, who shall rename nameless. Um, And I'm a very senior person at the firm. And for the last six months, I have been up for promotion. And... It's not easy in corporate America. And I'm one of the few black women in the firm, in my department. Um, I have a a very large team. Gina is on my team. Gina De Jesus is on my team. Um, And I am one of the only black women that enter JP Morgan every day. Um, So... My testimony is this. Uh, For six months, I've been on a panel to become a managing director. Um, And I've sacrificed a lot, a whole lot. I've traveled to pretty much every continent. I've sacrificed my family, my children, their birthdays, holidays, to to do what I needed to do for, for the job. And in May, I go before a committee of people who don't know me. And it's 40 people that have to determine whether or not I make it to the next level. And it was quite interesting because as I thought about those people, I prayed for them. I prayed for them every single day. My family prayed for those people. Um, And I I asked everybody, please pray for me so that I make it over this hump because there there was a lot riding on it. My team was counting on me. Other black people were counting on me. Hispanics were counting on me because it's not many of us there. And I'll spare you all the details, but so these 40 people have to make the decision whether or not I become a managing director. And the way the process works, there's a one person who really doesn't know you is your handler. And they have to present you to this committee. So apparently this person presented me and did a horrible job. And the committee decided I'm not, I shouldn't be qualified to be a managing director. And I knew God was involved in that decision. It took me a while to realize, and I was angry. I was so angry with God. And that day that I was getting the, the results, I worked from home. So that was God, because my anger would have come out in the office. And because there's a lot riding on it, right? And a lot of people were riding on it. And... When I got the news from my boss, I actually thought it was a joke. He called and said, I'm sorry you didn't make it. And I said, didn't make what? And he said, you didn't make it to the next level. And I said, how is that possible? And he's like, oh, you know, the politics, and there's a whole lot riding on on this, but we'll try again next year. And I was devastated. I remember being at home, and I just cried because I saw my six-year-old daughter that I wasn't at her birthday because I was sitting in Hong Kong for the job. 
I was in Switzerland for the job. I did so much for the job, and the job did nothing for me at that time. And I said, how could this be? I've sacrificed. I work 14, 15 hours a day. My children hardly see me. And he said, we'll try again next time. We just have to work harder. And I don't want you to work harder. I want you to work smarter. And I said, I don't think I can do that um, because I've, I've given all that I can give to this place. And it was about two days later, I came back to the office and people said, I cannot believe you're here. My team was angry. Everybody was angry. They wanted to revolt against the firm. And I said, you know what? God has a reason why I didn't make that promotion this year. And when I realized why I didn't make it, I just felt it wasn't my time. I think I had more to learn. I had more growing to do in the role, and I still do have more growing to do. But the thing is, it's the humiliation when you get back to the office, right? Because your name doesn't appear on the list. And I remember saying to Gina, like, it's all good. It's all good. It's going to be fine. I'm not going to come in here and do any less. I'm going to continue to give 100% because that's, that's all I can give. But then I also realized I've been sacrificing way too much for this job. So now I need to focus my energy on my children and my family. And, you know, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough because there's a lot of things you battle, right? Because that's, that's how I make my living. So I have to make sure I'm giving my best at work. But then I also realized I was only given 50 or 30% at home. And I was sacrificing too much for the job. And I remember telling them, I'm not traveling anymore. Like, if you need someone to do it, call someone else. And the other thing I said to my team when I had to tell them that I didn't make uh, the managing director position, I said, you know, when I go home, they don't call me managing director. They call me mommy and wife and, and daughter and sister. And so all I can do is give what I can and nothing more, right? And, and what I remembered after the next couple of weeks is, Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And that's what I've been doing. Thank you. What Renette failed to tell you is that there was a woman that was so happy that she didn't get that job. And I'm sure she didn't because she's probably still a little mad. <laughs> How powerful is it when we can go in there with integrity and we can still proclaim the goodness despite the unfairness? You see, you see, tip one, if you're struggling with a situation that's unfair, just like Moses did, keep your eyes on God because the story's not finished yet. It's not over. Just like he said, we'll try next time. And my prayer for her is that she will begin to live smarter so that when that promotion comes, she's got it all under control and ready to move forward. And what you don't know is that she serves with our special needs kids. What you don't know is that she gives to the children's ministry, to Fortnite, to anything we do in this church. She may not be the one you see, but she's the one backing it up. So we thank you for that, Renette. I love that song that says, we sing a song called Even If, because I know if I'm still breathing, you're still working, God. Awesome. So when those times come when life is unfair, this is what I want you to do. You're going to say, God, I don't like this, but you've got a plan, so I'm going to hold on. So on day two, we teach that when life is scary, God is good. 
Hebrews 11 verse 28 says, it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. On day two, they're going to go through the plagues like the people went through, the Israelites went through the plagues. And could you imagine though, could you imagine being an Israelite at that time? You know that the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb at that time has covered the doorpost but you're still inside. You can still hear the screaming, the moaning, the wailing as, as parents lose their firstborn child. Can you imagine that? I can imagine being there and saying, oh, what if that was me? What if it happens? What if it comes to my door? Well, my scare happened in June. It came to my door middle, beginning of June. They found some growths, some nodules on my thyroid. And the first thing I thought was, Not me. The C word? What if I have the C word? But you have to know that I'm a little crazy, right? So what do I do? As soon as I hear anything, I go on the computer. Because, right? Because I got to know it all. Because if I can know it all, I can control it, right? So I need to know if it's the best ending or if it's the worst ending, because then I can prepare myself. So I took my, my sheet that I got off the internet, because now you can even get your lab results. And I was like, okay, so if it's less than this amount, then there's less likelihood of malignancy or it being cancer. Oh, mine's bigger. Okay. Okay. Oh, I have something here. Calcification or something. Let me look that up. Oh, greater chance of malignancy. I have to tell you that every time I looked, it was greater chance of malignancy. And finally I shut that laptop and I said, God, I won't know till I know, but until I know, I will trust in what I do know. And I'm just going to hold on to you and your promises. Right? But a beautiful thing happened. As I was walking in for those biopsies, because they had to do three, it was horrible. Anyway, but as I was walking in, um, before I was getting ready, my, my, first of all, my husband took the day off, which was amazing. And then I start getting these like messages, these things popping up. I kept buzzing. And for the few people that I had shared it with, because I'm going to be honest, I may be a pastor, but I get scared. I'm a chicken. A, tr- a trusting in God chicken, but I'm a chicken. But it was so beautiful because people thinking of you, praying for you, with you today. My daughter calls me and said, oh, Marjorie Ramos, she, she bought you some flowers. And you know what I felt like? I was walking into that procedure room and I felt like my husband was there. But have you ever seen those formations like in Hawaii Five-0 or SWAT where they walk down the road with all their gear? That's what I felt like. Because the one thing, though I was scared, I was not alone because I felt like I had a whole army behind me. So it was really awesome to go in there like that. And then I got another beautiful illustration. So I go to the pool on Friday with Phoenix and Eric, who's around here someplace. And Phoenix has to get in the water, right? Because I have to tell you that trusting in God is not the absence of fear or anxiety or tears, What it is, is a determination that no matter what, you're going to keep moving forward and not allow the enemy to paralyze you in that fear or to keep you from your peace and your joy. Well, I saw Phoenix. He was getting in the water. It was deep. So they had to put a life preserver on him, right? And he gets in with his dad, but all of a sudden his dad's about to let him go. And he's like, oh, he couldn't touch the floor. He couldn't control his situation. So he clings on to his dad and he's like, I want to get out. And dad's like, and Eric had to refocus him. He said, look at me, look at me. Daddy's got you. And that helped for a little bit, right? 
But then all of a sudden, he was like, oh, I want to get out. Daddy didn't scream at him. Daddy didn't get upset. He just got out of the water. That was it, right? Well, Stacy was in the water. Now, if you're going to drown, you want Stacy in the water with you because she's tall. So, but anyway, she was in the water. She reaches out her arms and she goes, come, Phoenix, come. But I think what happened in that moment is that Phoenix saw another perspective because standing cradled in the arms of his dad, all of a sudden, someone standing there who wasn't going under didn't look so scary. You know, church, sometimes people will send the body of Christ to come and support you, to come and help you, to come and remind you who you are, what you believe in, and that they're standing right there with you. Well, he got in the water and the rest is history. You know, I wish I could tell you, I wanted to stand here today and say, my results are negative and have the whole church go, yeah. They're not positive. Don't worry. But (laughs) they're inconclusive. So I have to go through the whole thing again and wait again. Um, And I just told the doctor, you know what? Let's wait because I want to enjoy VBS. I want to enjoy my vacation after VBS. We'll do this when I get back. So now you all know, church. So what do I need? I need you to pray for me on the 23rd (laughs) and the 22nd. So I wish I could tell you that. But one thing I know that I've learned in all of this is that I'm going to put on my life preserver. That is Jesus. (laughs) And all the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to stand planted in obedience. The same obedience that Moses and the the Israelites, when they put the blood on the doorframe, I'm going to stand in that obedience, being obedient to who God called me to be and what he called me to do. And if my eyes stray, or if I start to feel like I'm losing control, I'm going to call on some of you to come and be my help. All right. On day three, we learned that when God, when life is changing, God is good. Hebrews 11, 8 says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home and go to another land that God would give him as his, as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done something outside of your comfort zone or tried to build something or step out in faith with something that God has given you? Have you ever tried to do that? It can be really overwhelming. I know whenever I start a task that I don't know how to do, I'm like, what do I do? How do I do it? Where do I do it? How long is it going to take for me to do it? And it's like, it it can be overwhelming. So in day three, the Israelites are wandering around the desert. Why? Because they've been disobedient to what God told them. Take that land. You can take it. But the spies came back and said no. So because of that, 40 years in the desert. But even there, 40 years, that's a long time. But even there, God provided manna, quail. He provided a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He gave them amazing leaders in the midst of their wandering. Gina, can you come tell your story? Hi, church. So... You know, my life has been changing a lot lately, and there's so many things that are happening. And so I prayed, and I said, Lord, you know, which one do I tell? You know, which story do I tell according to the changes that are happening? And um, he says, tell them them where I'm taking you, even though you don't know where it's going to lead. And so um, I think many of you know I'm a runner. I love to run. Um, I actually trained for a whole year, and I qualified to run the New York City Marathon. 
And um, it was so much fun. You know, it's amazing that your body can take you from, you know, 5, 10, 13 miles and, and how it moves you forward. And, you know, God is amazing in that. And so uh, I, I got injured. And so the doctor was like, sorry, but, you know, you can't, you can't run the marathon. And so that was a blow to me. And I, I had to be in a boot for a, quite a long time. It, it, it didn't heal for a whole year and a half. And um, I'm like, all right, it's all right. I, I'm going to get back at it, you know. And so I started to, to run again. And over time, you know, I've been having lower back pain. So I went to the doctor and, you know, he, we did the test and everything. And, and he's like, you know what, you have osteoarthritis in your lower back. And, you know, that means that the, the vertebrae in my spine is, de is degenerating. And so it's very painful. And I'm like, well, what could I do? Like, how could I get better? How could I help my body to heal? Because I was suffering. And the doctor was like, well, you know, swimming is great. It's really good for arthritis. And I was like, oh, man, when I was a kid, I almost drowned in Puerto Rico. And so I have this really, really fear of the water. I mean, just looking at it, and I'm like, oh, like, I, it's just so hard for me. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to keep trying to run, you know? And so I did, and it was so hard to do. And I, I wanted to go back for a second opinion because I'm like, I want to make sure that, you know, it's not in my knees or in my elbows because I had so much pain still. And so I went to the doctor. Next day, the doctor calls me with results and said that I have osteonecrosis in my knees. And I'm like, what is that? I've never in my life heard of such a thing. Um, and it turns out that it's when your bones actually die because there's not enough blood flowing into the marrow. And so she said, you know, you have this in both of your knees. And she began to ask me all these questions. Have you ever been in a bad accident? Do you have lupus? Do you have sickle And I'm like, no, I have none of those things. And so she's like, well, I don't know what's causing this. And I said, well, what could I do? Because I want to get better. I want to get well. And I want to be healed. And she's like, you know, I need to find out the cause first. But you can swim. Swimming is really good for arthritis. <laughs> and I'm like, swimming, Lord, like... That one thing that I fear so much is the one thing that they're telling me I can do now and that it's good for me. And the one thing that I love to do, which is run and move from point A to B in my own strength, is the thing that they're telling me that I, I can't do anymore. And so I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm going to trust in you and believe that you work all things for the good of those who love you. Romans 8, 28. And I'm like, well, I'm going to learn to swim. I'm going to get over my fear. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to move in my own strength to get from one point of the pool to the other, no matter what the cost. And I know that he is with me. And I know that no matter what happens, even if I'm healed or I'm never healed, I know that God is always with me. And no matter the changes that come in my life, he is always good. And I stand on his strength and his promises. And I'm learning to swim and overcoming my fear. Thank you, Gina. Runners, I used to be a runner. Don't judge me now. But <laughs> I used to be a runner. There's something about running. You're just like one with the pavement. One with the... 
I love to run, and I'm trying to start running again, which is funny. But um, it's something that's powerful. It releases stress. And there's a lot of stuff going in Gina's life that she didn't even choose to share. But I love that she said, I'm not going to share what's changing in my life. I'm going to share where I'm going. Because that shows me that she's keeping her eye on the one that's invisible. That shows me that she's putting on that life preserver saying, God, I'm trusting in you. Tip number three. If you're struggling with life changing, stay eternity minded. You know, this is hard work, but I'm going to take each step day by day because I'm going to build treasures in heaven. I'm not worrying about my current situation. So I know it's hard to stay eternity minded, but like runners do, they keep their eyes on the prize. All right. On day four, the children learn about the death and resurrection of Jesus. The lesson, when life is sad, God is good. Marianne? Hi, church. My name is Mary. I'm very nervous, so I'm just going to read and probably not look at anyone. So as some of you know, my brother, only 36 years old, died on March 14th of this year. Losing a brother hurts more than I can ever explain, but I had to endure that. But watching my mother as she grieves the loss of a son, now that nearly broke me. But I couldn't be weak, and I had to find strength for my family who was grieving. I knew I was not strong, but God is, so I held on to that truth. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is my truth. So I held on to the little faith I had left, and I prayed, and I prayed. And when I couldn't pray, I listened to worship music, and I just cried. When you pray and you show God your hurt, he answers. And God found a way to not only give me the strength I asked for, but he comforted me. Psalms 34, verse 17 through 18 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's still very hard to understand how any good can come from death, but that's the business God's in. In the days preceding my brother's death, there was still a sense of uncertainty as he was being kept alive on extraordinary measures. But then on the 14th of March, they declared him brain dead, and they spoke to our family about my brother's decision to be an organ donor. They explained how his organs and tissues would most likely be used for research due to the events leading up to his death. And while in that moment, I was like, who cares about research? I still made the decision to sign the paperwork, allowing the hospital to harvest his organs. The wait was very grueling because they don't just take the organs and you have to wait while they run tests and do everything they do to make sure if it's good, if it's bad, what they can use it for. So while my family and I made funeral arrangements, two days later the transplant coordinator called me to let me know they were ready to harvest the organs. No one in my family wanted to go to the hospital. So I went alone to ensure they took really good care of his body. I played worship music in his room until they were ready to take the body down to the OR. 
And I just prayed that wherever each body part ended up, it would help someone, even if it was just for science. And in that moment, I really felt God's presence in the room. He was going to do some miraculous work. And praise God, that night, they called me saying they successfully retrieved five solid organs and they donated one for research. A 35-year-old woman was given the gift of life with my brother's kidney and pancreas. A 57-year-old received his liver. An 8-year-old boy now lives with a healthy new kidney. And a 63-year-old woman and a believer of Christ received his heart. That was God. (laughs) God turned what the enemy meant to destroy us, using it to comfort us, And give us hope and give these people a second chance at life. People we didn't even know but now have a part of my brother in them. The heart recipient actually wrote me a letter, a fellow believer of Christ, and I knew without a doubt just how good God is. She explained how her own journey has brought so many people around her closer to Christ, with people witnessing how her own prayers were answered. But not only did God use complete strangers, he used some very special people right here in the church. During my time of sadness, God used people to remind me I was not alone. Pastor Burt came to visit us in the hospital and prayed with me and my family. Pastor Mo came to the viewing and catching her completely off guard, we asked her to pray. And she prayed and she sang for our family. And then... Sorry. Every kind word from our loved ones reminded us of God's goodness. And while I was crying most days before before church, I still showed up and I served in the children's ministry and in TSF troops. And on the day of the burial, when I was at my weakest and I was ready to cancel, I still came in for troops and served God's children the rainbows. With no assistant that day and just me and five toddlers, God used those precious three and four-year-olds When they loved on me and made me laugh, and we spoke about God's goodness and grace. So even in your moments of sadness, keep pushing, keep serving, and keep drawing closer to God because you are not alone. So through this season, I can say with full certainty that even when life is sad, God is good. How do you do that? Sorry, while I take our giraffe. (laughs) How do you do that? How do you come and serve after your brother's organs have been harvested and come and sit with three and four-year-olds and troops? You do that because there's a loving father that says, don't worry, honey. I'm going to bring you comfort. I'm going to surround you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to send you help. And you know what? This is recent. This is March of this year. We are going to mourn. But mourning looks different when you love Jesus. There's a hope still. There's a belief. There's an encouragement that even through that, God can give you. So tip number four, if you're struggling with sadness, don't hide from God. 
We have the tendency, right, to go inside of ourselves. We have the tendency to, to run away, not come to church. But don't hide from God or the body of Christ. Isaiah 61, 3 says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of heaviness, for God has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his glory. And last, on day five, the children will have finished wandering through the desert. They will have experienced the resurrection and death of Jesus Christ. It gets very serious on day four. And then, I think it's going out. (laughs) And then on day five, they cross the river and build a memorial of God's faithfulness, of God's goodness, and of God's being with them. Because it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise, and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. And that's how God's goodness feels, right? When we're being blessed by God, when we're getting the promotions, when we're getting extra checks in the mail, when things are happening, people that we loved and we've been praying for are coming to Christ. It's like, oh God, the blessings are so amazing. It's just like Abraham, that there are too many to count. Well, for our last TSF Woman of Faith, chapter 14, I'd like to ask Sharina to come to tell us how God is so good, even when life is good. Good morning, church. So just like Mary, I'm just going to read it. You hear me? You hear me? No? You hear me now? Yeah? Okay. It all began in January. It was a cold, snowy day, and I received a call from the college I attended to come pick up my diploma. What a surprise. I was surprised because they had informed me a few months back I was missing an assignment that needed to be completed in order for them to provide me with my diploma in childhood education. I remember rushing to my college after work, praying to God this was a miracle that was happening in my life because more than anyone, he knew I did not want to do this assignment, but I knew I had to. Fast forward, all went well, and within minutes, I had my diploma in my hand. Wow, God, you're so good. In Psalm 37, verses 23 to 24, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the ones who delight in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Fast forward to March. I decided TSF was going to be my new church home. Such a big step in my life. I remember praying during worship, and I asked God, How can I serve this church? And he quickly told me, Children's Church. Now I'm in April, I had this degree, but I didn't believe in myself. I'm pretty sure we all go through that. God was clearly telling me, I created you to teach, and I still had doubts. But he did not give up on me. I remember listening to a sermon from Sarah Jakes Roberts called Eat Like a King. Wow, it was like God was speaking directly to me. In that moment, I stopped doubting myself, and I signed up for my teaching certification exam. I even told my boss to start looking for a replacement because I will have a teaching job in the fall. A few days later, my cousin Xiomara 
tells me, Sharina, you should do VBS. It's awesome. You'll love it. This was God's confirmation to be part of the children's ministry at TSF and preparing me. Let me add, she did not know what God had told me about serving in the children's ministry in this church. Once I spoke to Pastor Mo, I was helping out on Fridays for troops. What a blessing. In May, this is where God really showed me how good he is, and all my prayers were going to be answered. This is the month I have to take my exam. I was so nervous. I couldn't concentrate while studying, and I barely remembered anything that I did study, but God was with me the whole way through. I remember sitting in the examination room and feeling his peace cover me. I remember hearing him say, yo venceré, Spanish for I will win. Wow, he is so good. In this same month, an old friend from college and I get in contact. She texts me saying she was just speaking about me to a director in her school for a teaching position. But she did not know I was looking for a job. In this moment, I was like, Lord, this is all you. I see you. Two weeks later, her school's director contacted me for an interview. This was the longest interview I ever had, three hours long. But those were the three hours that changed my life. I was hired on the spot as a lead pre-K teacher starting fall 2019. God had major plans for me because I always wanted to teach kindergarten through second grade. But after working with the rainbows in TSF troops, wait, sorry, I lost where I was at. Which is a pre-K classroom, I fell in love and I saw what God was preparing me for. I felt so blessed in this moment. I didn't know what else to expect from God. He literally had me starstruck. One week later, I got an email stating that I will receive my test results in 24 hours, the day before my birthday. I was so scared. I even had dreams about this test. But I was also very confident and hopeful that God had me covered because he always finishes what he begins. On May 29th, I got an email stating I passed my teaching certification exam in New York State. What a blessing from God. In these past few months, God has really shown me how good and faithful he is. During these months, I had moments where it was hard to have faith, but I remain grounded in the one who walks with me every day. Today, I want to encourage you to keep praying. God hears you. Don't give up on the promises God has put in your heart. Your miracle could be around the corner. When life is good, God is good. But did you hear her? She felt, you know, she's crying. And we're like, why are you crying? You got the job. You got the certification. She said, I didn't believe in myself. Well, Sharina, believe in yourself. And we believe that God's going to do great things in and through you in that preschool class. So we are very excited for her. Congregation, let's stand. Tip number five. When life is good. Shout it from the rooftops (laughs) because it gives testimony to the greatness and the goodness of God. And this morning, as the worship team comes, I just want to encourage you that if you need, today I've asked these women to prepare themselves to pray for you.
If there's anyone here that's struggling with uh, something in their life that's scary, if there's someone here that maybe you're struggling because your life is changing and you don't know what to do and you need God's wisdom, if life is good and you just need to tell someone and say, can we just glorify God together, you can come. If life has been sad and you've been struggling with the loss, any kind of loss, come, we'll pray for you because you are not alone. And the Lord wants you to know that he's a good God, a God there to hold you, to provide for you, to help you, to strengthen you, to encourage you. So I'm just going to ask those women to come and stand along here. Uh, You can spread out here. And as the worship team sings that very song that we started with this morning, I'm going to ask you to come if you need prayer, because we would love to come and stand with you in this life that is wild. Take my shame. 
with us and I want you to declare this this morning that there is no fear somebody say I will not fear for you are with me because I've seen this fight I've seen this fight no power no no see no power of hell can stand against me Cause I've seen, I've seen this fight Come on Let's just encourage those that are in front Say, I will not fear Say, I will not fear For you are with me Cause I've seen this fight Come on I'm 
situation didn't change right away but our countenance our character our hope is renewed father there is something that's different with us and the way we choose to approach the situation after you have shown yourself strong 
So, Father, continue to show yourself strong in the lives of these people that are here, in the lives of your church that trust you, oh God, despite everything, Lord. Father, we surrender to you this morning, Lord, and say, Lord, you have your way. You know what's best for us. Father, whether you're giving and adding or you feel it necessary to hold back or even take away, we still trust you, God, because you know where you need us. You have us where we are. And you've already ordered our future. So, Father, we trust you in the now and tomorrow and even in the future, oh God. It may not be what we want. It may not be our way. But your way is the best way, Lord. And so today we say thank you that you love us enough not to let us get ahead but you love us enough to be there for us and to allow us to walk with you as a son as a daughter and even a friend father we love you we thank you you are blessed continue to be a blessing have a wonderful week amen god bless you guys family before you leave if we need some help some minor help the more people we have, the quicker it will be for the preparations for VBS. If you can help, please meet my wife on, um, behind this wall, please. We also need some men to kind of like take these chairs and put it against the wall. But let's wait for everybody to, to be dismissed. We're not throwing anybody out. God bless you, family.